0: Hello, everyone. I hope uh, hope you're doing uh, doing well this uh, Sunday, and um, hope you're being reminded um, of just God's God's grace, God's love today. Uh, let me say just a quick word of prayer before we uh, get into the passage. Let me, let me pray for us, Father. We we thank you and we we love you. We worship you for you are good. We thank you that. in in all the the trials, the storms of life, that you're always with us, Uh, that you always show us your grace, you always show us your mercy, and we just ask today that we will be again reminded of who you are, reminded of all that you do, and that we would just truly uh, trust upon you, that we will find our rest in you, and that we will just be blessed by you, uh, especially through your word, and that you would just, as we put our rest in you, that you would just really bless us and um, encourage us and help us as we see how beautiful you are to just really worship you and give you glory. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're, we're in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And um, as, as we go into this passage, I just want to just share something quickly before we go into the passage. And uh, one, one of the things that I really like to do uh, with, with my daughter is uh, I like to uh, just kind of throw her up in the air and, and catch her. And, and, and she loves it. Uh, you know, she'll say more, 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 she'll say fly, fly, fly. Right. And, and, you know, after I do it for a little bit, I, I get tired. So I just, I tell her, Hey, uh, <laughs> no more, but then she'll say no more, more, more fly, fly. And, and she loves it every time. I, you know, I, I, and I don't even throw it that high, but just throw her in the air and catch her. And she just giggles and she laughs and she's so happy. And, and part of the reason is obviously it's fun, but it's because there's this faith that she has, right? That daddy's going to catch me, right? That even though I'm up in the air and, and I'm falling back down to earth, that, you know, he, he's going to catch me. And so for her, it's fun. It's not fearful. It's not scary because she always knows, right? Um, that I'm going to be caught, That that I'm going to be in daddy's arms. And I think that's something that, you know, when you see a child, you, you know you see that kind of trust, and 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 it's something that's actually pretty awesome. And for me, for me, it's tiring, but but it's fun, and and it's, it's very, you know, it's a way to try to try to show love to my to my daughter, one of the ways at least. And in today's passage, um, we're going to be looking at a faith, or really the lack of faith in the disciples, which I think shows a lack of faith that we also tend to have, and I think sometimes when life gets tough, when when there are trials in life, when there are storms in life, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't really believe that we're going to be caught. Maybe we don't really believe that no matter what, you know, we we are in the best hands in the world. Maybe we don't believe that God's always going to catch us uh, when we feel like we're falling. And I just want to look at this passage today, just really think about, just the ways that we may lack faith, but also just a reminder of why, why we trust in the Lord, in any, in every circumstance, uh, who He is, all that He does, and and so as we go into today's passage, uh, we're, we're in the verses 35 to 41, and that's just a young de read it for us, and it's it's a picture um, where where Christ. Is actually the one telling the disciples to go to the other side you know if you look at verse 35 it says here on that day when evening had come he says to them the jesus says to them let us go across to the other side now we have to realize Jesus has had a long day and, and it's been you know and he's been teaching he's been teaching for a long time and he's been he was in a boat teaching you know a crowd of people and he's probably at this point just exhausted and he tells his disciples, let's go. And let's go let's go to the other side. And so obviously disciples obey and they leave the crowd behind. And it says in verse 36, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, meaning he was already in the boat, right, teaching. And now he's going to take them uh, and, and they go going to the other side and there were other boats with him. So, so I think the, the implication there is some of these other people that were in the crowd, they probably want to go maybe with Jesus to the other side. And says in verse 37 a great windstorm arose and the waves are breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling now they're they're in the Sea of Galilee here and it, you know if you if you study that area it's um, you see you see a picture of a sea it's situated maybe about 600 feet below sea level and you know, there's mountains around the sea thousands of feet above sea level and so it's kind of like a bowl and and this is an area that was known for storms. You know, the storms would happen. But in this passage, what we see here is that it was a great windstorm and the waves are breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So the idea is the language here is kind of hurricane type of language. And the idea is that this is not a regular storm. This is something that's kind of beyond something that you know you would be used to. And it's a very scary kind of storm. And there's wind, and there's waves, and there's literally the water is coming into the boat. It's really filling up the boat, which is going to make, obviously, people think they're going to drown. And we see that later when Jesus says, why are you so afraid? What we see here is the disciples are afraid, right? There's water coming in. There's wind. And, you know, as we know, some of those disciples were fishermen, right? They were experts in the sea. And so they would probably be used to somewhat of a storm. They probably wouldn't be too panicky about it, but they're having panic fear. They were scared. They're scared for their life. And, and when I read this passage, I, one of the pictures I get is, I don't know how many of you seen the movie uh, Forrest Gump, which is pretty old now, but just a, I remember there's a scene in the movie where you know um, the main character is, is with you know, with this lieutenant and they're, in, they're just in a boat and there's, it's a huge storm. And as you're watching, you're thinking, man, how can anyone survive in a storm? like this. That's the picture that I get. It's a very crazy, very scary kind of storm. Hurricane-like forces. There's wind. There's water coming into the boat. Everyone is scared. And yet, what we see here in the passage, verse 38, He, that's Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. That's crazy, right? I mean, think about this picture. We have a crazy storm. It's a hurricane-like storm. You know, there's wind, there's waves, there's water coming into the boat, everyone's scared. And Jesus is just sleeping. He's sleeping and he's asleep on the cushion. And, and I remember every time I read this passage, I think to myself, wow, how, how can Jesus just sleep through a storm? And my understanding is actually this is the only place in the Bible where it talks about literally about Jesus sleeping. And the place that he's sleeping that the Bible talks about, he's it's in the middle of a storm on the cushion. And it makes me think one, obviously, that Jesus must have been really, really tired. Must have been a long, long day. Uh, just you know, especially with all that teaching he had to do. So he's probably exhausted. But also I can't help but to think, you know, he can sleep through anything because obviously he knows who he is. He knows what he can do. Uh, he can command the wind and the waves. We're going to see that in, in really soon. But he's asleep, and the disciples they wake him up, and they say to him, "Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?" Very, very strong words, which we're gonna look at more later. But, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? We're dying here, right? They're saying, "Wake up!" And so he wakes up, and it's pretty cool. As soon as he wakes up, what does he do? He rebukes the wind, and he says to the sea, "Peace, be still." Right? He say, "Be quiet, peace, be still," and the wind sees. And there was a great calm, it's a dead calm. So think about this picture for a second. Hurricane-like forces, there's water coming into the boat. There's so much wind, right? The boat is probably rocking all over the place. Disciples probably try to get the water out of the boat. They're thinking they're going to die. They're so scared. They wake up, Jesus, he, get, he gets up, first looks around and he says to the wind and the waves, right, he says, peace. Be still. You don't talk to the wind and the waves. right? We, we talk to people, maybe we might try to talk to an animal, right, to a pet, but who talks to the wind and the waves? But Jesus does. He says peace. He says be still, and the second he does it, everything is calm. There is a dead calm, there is a great calm. It's an amazing picture. And as the disciples are probably trying to figure out what just happened, whoa, as they're probably in amazement, Jesus says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are you so afraid? Don't you have any faith? And when you read that, it makes you think, though, because you think to yourself, wouldn't it be natural For me to be afraid in the middle of a huge storm like this? Wouldn't it be natural for all of us, right? If we were in a boat and there was hurricane like kind of forces and there was wind blowing the ship all over the place and then there's water coming all over, but the waves are all over me. It looks like this boat might sink and I'm going to drown. Wouldn't it be natural for me to be afraid? Wouldn't it be? Why would Jesus say that? But but I think this is a personal question. What he's saying is, why are you so afraid that I am here with you? Why are you so panicky? Why are you so scared? Don't you realize whose presence you are? Don't you realize who you are with? Don't you have faith in me? Why don't you trust me? And I think it's a question that I think it's it's a good question for me, for you, for all of us today. Because let's be honest, life life is often very hard. Um, as Pastor Francis was saying, this 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 year has been a very difficult year, obviously with 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 COVID nineteen and with all the the hardships of that. But also, as we are seeing more and more, even in our own church and the lives of those we love, um, it's been a difficult year for all of us and for some of us it's been even more difficult and, and, and life can be hard, it can feel like a storm and in the midst of those times are we able to trust in the Lord, are we able to look to Christ? Not necessarily just to end the storm, not just to end, but knowing that we are in His arms, knowing that we are in His hands, knowing that He cares for us, that He is working for our good. Can can we trust Him? Do we trust Him? And and I hope that as we look at this passage, uh, we will be encouraged to do that. And so today, today's passage, really, it's really two points I want to think about how we can trust in the power of Christ and how we can trust in the love of Christ. Because as we're going to look in this passage, I think those are two of the areas where the disciples are lacking faith. And I think those are two areas that we often lack faith. And I hope that's those are two areas where we can truly put our faith in Christ, um, that we trust in his power and we trust in his love. And And so first we want to look at the faith Look at faith in the power of Christ because the disciples they, they clearly seem to lack faith in the power of Christ. I mean, if you look at the passage, the way they wake up Jesus, by right, When they say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And obviously, when Jesus says, Why are you so afraid? and, and the, the word there for afraid is kind of a panic like kind of fear. What we see is they're terrified, they're panicking, they are so scared because they don't think, at least it doesn't seem like it, they don't seem to truly believe that Jesus who is in the boat with them can deliver them. Now, obviously, wake came up thinking hopefully they can, it would appear, but they don't seem to have that faith because if, if you truly believe that someone can do something, you're calm about it, right? You're just relaxed about it, you know, you... you they probably would have woken up to Jesus and said, "Hey, Jesus, wake up! Right? We're a little scared right now, you know. But I know, we know, we know you're with us. You got this. Right? Can you help us out?" You know, they probably would have been a lot calmer about the way they look at it, the way they think about it. But no, they're panicking. They're scared. They're scared for their life. Why? Because there's, there's a lack of faith in, in the power of Christ. You know, I, I think about it as you know when you know when we go when we go when we go weightlifting. Um, you know, for those of us know who've lifted weights before, you know, they're you know, obviously when you're trying to put up some heavy weight, you want somebody, be, you know, who's who's spotting you to be strong, to be able to handle the amount of weight. And if the person you know that's spotting you, if if they're weak, you would be scared, right? <laughs> you would think, if I can't lift this, can you actually help me? But obviously, we want someone behind us who we're fully confident. And as we're lifting those weights, and even when I get weak, I know that you can help me lift it back up. But otherwise, we will be scared. And and we look at this passage, and we see the disciples are so scared. There's a lack of faith in the power of Christ. And, And it's kind of surprising. Because if you look at the book of Mark, we see Jesus doing miracles. We see him healing. Right? We see him healing a, a leper, for example. We see him healing a paralytic. We see Jesus driving out demons. I mean, we, we see Jesus doing miracle after miracle. We probably, and you know, there are probably other miracles that aren't even in this passage, but we see Jesus doing miracle after miracle. We see just his power being shown. And the disciples who were with Jesus all the time, they obviously saw these miracles. And so you would think by now they would truly believe That no matter what situation we are in, Jesus is with us. Yeah, he might be asleep, but he is with us. He is powerful, and so we need to trust him. But they seem to lack faith. And we might ridicule the disciples, and we might say, man, what's wrong with them? Well, why don't they trust in Christ and his power? But if we're honest, but if we're honest, and when we look at our own lives, isn't it true that so often we, we also lack faith in the power of Christ. We, we lack faith that he can work powerfully in our lives today. And again, that's also surprising. Because if I say I'm a Christian, if I say I'm a child of God, if I say you know, that I, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple of Christ, then here's the thing. I believe in these stories. I believe in these miracles that Jesus did. I, I, we look at this passage today in Mark chapter 4. We see that Jesus, he, he calmed the waves and the wind. And when we look at the Bible, you know, especially in the Old Testament, what we, what we see is that that's something that only God can do. And the disciples probably knew that too. But only God, who obviously created the world, right? who you know, has full providence, he can calm the wind and the waves. And we see Jesus doing that. We see the miracles that he does of healing. We see Jesus driving out demons. We see him, you know, raising the dead. And obviously, as a Christian, we see the power of Christ all over the Bible. But we also look at the cross and the resurrection. We see that Jesus died and he rose again. We see that Jesus has the power to forgive us our sins, right? We see the power that he has to make sinners like us into perfect children of God. He has the power to overcome all evil, all sin, death itself. And so we see the power of Christ in his ministry, in his life, at the cross, at the resurrection. We see the power of Christ again and again. And so we should always trust in the power of Christ. However, isn't it true that so often when life gets hard, when there are storms in our lives, and there are, there are always going to be storms in our lives, when there are going to be struggles in our lives, isn't it true that so often we, we don't really believe that he has the power to work in our lives today and tomorrow? You know, maybe it's, it could be an addiction Right, it could be relational problems or family issues, health issues, right? It could be financial issues, right? It could be depression and loneliness. I mean, it could be, I mean, we can, the list can go on and on. We have so many struggles in our lives. And when those things happen, obviously, it's, it's going to be hard, it's always going to be a struggle. But do I believe? that Christ can work in my life today? Do we believe that he can work in our lives today? And I want to really encourage us today that the same Jesus who we see calming the wind and the waves, the same Jesus who went to the cross, who died the death that we deserve, who rose again, who has the power to forgive us our sins, to make us children of God, to give us eternal life. He has the power to work powerfully, amazingly in our lives today. And sometimes he works in our situations and he changes them. And often he works in our hearts. To change our hearts. To encourage us. To comfort us through the struggles. But we know that he's working. And we know that he is powerful. And we need to trust in the power of Christ. Now, obviously, he's not always going to work the way we want him to work. He's not always going to do what we want him to do because he's not you know, He's not a divine waiter. He's not there to do whatever we pray and we ask him to do because he has a plan, a good, good plan for us. But what we do know is that he is all-powerful and he is powerfully working in our lives today. So we see that... Disciples lack faith in the power of Christ We often lack faith in the power of Christ But we want to trust in His power But also, the second thing is that The disciples and us We often lack faith in the love of Christ And we see that again here in verse 38 Where they say, teacher Do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that we are perishing? And it would appear here that they're questioning his love. But don't you care? Don't you even care? How dare you sleep during this storm? Here we are afraid. We're thinking that we're going to die. There are winds blowing our boat all over the place. There are waves coming in here. And they're probably maybe trying to get the water out. And they're thinking, oh, no, we're going to die. What are we going to do? And they see Jesus, and he's sleeping. And they're thinking, how dare you? Right? It's like they're rebuking him. But, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? We are being destroyed. That we are going to die. And they're questioning his care, his love. Why? Because he's sleeping through a storm. And again, it's, it's kind of surprising. Because if you think about Jesus and the disciples, they, they weren't impressive people in their society. And yet, Jesus went to them, you know, fishermen, tax collector, right? I mean, and others, he, he, he chose them. And he, he taught them. We see them healing a member of their family. We see him just spending time with them and explaining and teaching them, discipling them, walking with them, living with them. I mean, we, we see him loving his disciples. And yet, because he's sleeping at this time in the storm, they question Is love. And again, before we say, man, what's wrong with them? Before we judge them, let's let's look at our own lives again. Let's think about how we process things. Let's think about when life gets so difficult, and it does, when there are trials, when there are storms in our lives, when we feel overwhelmed, right? And when we feel like we can't handle this anymore, don't we sometimes question? God's love for us, don't we sometimes think, where is he, don't we think, are you indifferent, don't we think, do you even care about me Lord, I'm dying here, I'm perishing, I'm being destroyed, maybe I have a physical struggle, right, emotional struggle, whatever the struggle is, my struggle, my family's struggle, it's hard. God, where are you? Don't you care? If you only love me, you wouldn't let this happen. And, and there are times where we ask these kind of questions. I remember sometimes growing up, just sitting on a staircase, just feeling lost and down and just praying to God. And I remember thinking, just, just where are you? Why, God? Why? And I think we, if we're honest, we do this. We struggle, and we question, and we wonder, Lord, don't you love me? But here's the thing. As children of God, as Christians, if there's one thing we know, it's that God loves us. I mean, we see His love again and again all over the scriptures, but we look to the cross and we see His love just in full display. When we look at the cross, how can we question God's love? How can we question His love when the Father sent His Son to take our place to die? for the sins of his people how can we question his love? when we look at Christ who goes to the cross willingly knowing knowing what it would take we see Christ at Gethsemane sweating blood we see him going to the cross being nailed to that cross we see him even crying out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We see him taking our place, taking the penalty of all of our sins, taking the, just pay the penalty that we deserve, dying the death that we deserve, going through hell itself upon the cross because of his great love for us. And we see in 1 John three sixteen, right? this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And so we, we see that love that he has on the cross. And after his death and resurrection, you know, he continues to love us. When we look at our lives and we see, you know, just our testimony and we see how God has saved us and how he continues to love us. And when we see just her life story, we can probably see his love again and again and again. And yet again, when life is hard, when things don't go the way we want it to, we can't help sometimes, we feel like, but to say, God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you love me? But I want to really, again, encourage us today that the same Jesus who willingly went to the cross for us, who died the death that we deserve, who went through hell itself for us, he continues to love us today. And yes, he is all powerful, of course, but also he is all loving. And he continues to love us, and he continues to bless us, and he continues to work powerfully in our lives, working for our good. And honestly, sometimes we're not going to be able to understand why he does what he does. Sometimes we're not going to be able to understand why. Certain things happen, and why certain things don't happen, we're not because in, in our mind this is the this is the right thing. This is the way you should have my life go, Lord. I don't understand why, and yet here's what we know: that He is good, that He is working for our good, that He is all powerful, but also that He loves His people even to the point of death upon a cross and when we look at that we can really trust in him we can trust in his power and we can trust in his love and then we look at this passage and it ends with the disciples who are filled with great fear and they say to one another who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him who? who is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him and this fear is different it's not panicky fear it's really more of a a reverence it's more of an awe in the face of just a powerful intimidating force they are amazed by what Jesus has done who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. And, and the disciples, I don't think, fully realize yet who Jesus is. But we, no, we, we do. <laughs> this is the Son of God. It's the second person of the Trinity. This is God himself. This is the Messiah. This is Christ. And for us, as we put our faith in him, faith in his power, faith in his goodness, his love, his care, we trust him, but also we are in awe of him because He is just amazing. And we are in awe of Him because we know that our all-powerful God, our all-powerful Savior, loves us. He loved us enough to go to the cross for us. But He continues to love us today. And so I, I hope, I pray, that we will continue every day whatever storms life brings us, whatever struggles life brings us, that we will continue to look to Him and we will know that no matter what I'm going through, that He is with us, loving us, working in the midst of the storm. And, you know, there's no guarantee, right, that the storm that we're going through is going to end anytime soon. But what we do know is that he is going to be with us. He's going to be working for our good, for our best in the midst of that storm. And so we put our life in his hands. We trust in him. And we be, we're we in awe of him, worshiping him through it all. And I hope and pray that that will be where our hearts are in the midst of the storms that we are going through. Let us pray. Father,